motion is lotion. So motion is what gets that baby to kind of slide down it. So you have to be able to constantly move. So one of the biggest things that is, is having women sit in bed on their back. It's like the worst thing that you can do for a laboring mother is to put them on their back. Not only is it like really bad for positioning for baby, but it's also really uncomfortable for mom. You are listening to The Medicine Podcast. I am Mimi. What is up, everybody? This is Chase. So long story short, we were childhood sweethearts turned husband and wife in our early 20s. Despite following the mainstream script for happiness, we actually divorced for three years. Only to later reunite as soulmates with a brand new outlook on love, God, health, and the real medicines of the universe. If you find yourself wondering, is there more to this life, to health, to God, to love? Then you are in the exact right place. Consider this your bridge to expansion for body, mind, and relationships. We are uncovering and discovering with you. Let's go take the medicine. Hello, hello, beautiful friends. Thank you for joining us in this very empowering and interesting solo conversation with one of my favorite people on this earth, Marissa Tervort. Marissa has been a birth worker for the past 15 years, supporting and educating expectant families in a way that supports their ideal birth outcomes. She is currently a doula at the Tourmaline Birth Center in San Diego, which offers holistic evidence-based care for every stage of the pregnancy journey. Most of you have probably had some knowledge about midwives and doulas, but just in case, I want to make a distinction between the two because there is some confusion sometimes. So a midwife is a care provider that specializes in pregnancy and newborn care. Midwives care for women during pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. Midwives are trained to recognize normal labor and deviations from normal and provide medical support if it becomes necessary. Midwives train in the midwifery model of care, which may be in hospital, at home, or in a birth center. A doula provides support and guidance to a laboring woman and her partner. Most families have birth preferences going into childbirth. A doula uses her knowledge and experience to help a family achieve their desired birth outcome. Doulas have knowledge in stages of labor, physiology, and interventions. Doulas are not care providers, but they do speak and translate medical terminology during labor. Doulas provide guidance, encouragement, reassurance, and comfort techniques. So the reason I flew solo today without Chase is because I wanted this to be really like a sacred container of feminine education and empowerment. In the future, I do want to continue this conversation speaking to holistic birth experts and include questions and education intended for the partner specifically. I think it would be great to have a birth series, but today was all about the mama. So today we discuss the medical training that midwives go through, myths and misconceptions of working with midwives, the cascade of interventions of the traditional hospital experience, dangers of unnecessary interventions, how birth is something to be observed, not micromanaged, how to be an empowered advocate for yourself during pregnancy and motherhood, how pregnancy offers you the opportunity to transform, and so much more. My goal for this episode was really 
to empower and educate women in a way that normalizes birth and removes the fear from the entire experience. And Marissa was the perfect person to have this conversation with. You guys are going to love her. One more very important announcement before we jump into the episode with Marissa. If you are listening on Monday the 14th, Valentine's Day, when this episode drops, this is the last day of enrollment for my Deep Love course, which starts next Sunday, the 20th of February. If you are in a relationship or single and want some serious action steps towards creating deep, conscious, passionate partnership, This is an eight-week container with me teaching directly to you. And here's what we cover. Embracing a new approach to self-love, releasing illusions and unlovable aspects of self, critical fundamentals of balanced masculine and feminine energy, how to get the spark back in your connection, how to have, quote, sex all day, understanding common breakdowns in communication, everyday tools for healthy and effective communication, how to share authentic feelings and navigate difficult conversations with your partner, what to do if your partner doesn't seem interested in this work, how to shift unhealthy habits and patterns, practices for deeper connection across all relationships, and so much more. You guys, this course is epically packed. Aside from the live calls with me on Sundays, Chase will also be joining us for two deep dive Q&A calls where he will be providing the balanced, conscious, masculine point of view, which is priceless. Epic relationships are not automatic or guaranteed or just lucky. We intentionally create them. And this live course with me will give you a ton of tools in your relationship tool belt that you can literally use the rest of your life. I wish I would have had this exact course when I noticed that Chase and I were feeling distant in our marriage. It would have completely changed our entire story. So to enroll in deep love, go to themedicine.com forward slash deep love. And if you're listening after the 14th, but before the 20th, and you know you want to join deep love, just shoot me an email or a DM and we may be able to make something work for you. If you enjoy today's conversation, please share it with someone you love or leave us a glowing review on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate each and every one of you. Okay, bye. Welcome back to The Medicine Podcast. My name is Mimi, and I am riding solo today with my beautiful friend, Marissa. This this episode has been a long time coming. Like I've known I want to talk to you for a very long time, and I am so grateful that it is finally happening. Welcome to The Medicine. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, and you have such an amazing podcast voice, so this is just going to be butter. Oh, well, thanks. So, um, before we get into all things birth, midwives, doulas, uh, Mm -hmm. natural birth, all of that, we have a packed episode and I'm so excited to talk to you about this. Um, First, the first question that we ask every guest on the medicine is, what do you love? What aspect of your life do you love so much that you wish you could gift to every human? 
I mean, there are a lot of gifts. <laughs> Every single day, I just thank my lucky stars. But I think the one gift that I would give um, after all my years of like doula work and just witnessing so much, so many miracles, would be trust. Mm. It sounds so simple, but it's a little more complicated than that because I think that, you know, we go through, we start life, we trust ourselves, and then circumstances happen, trauma happens, and then we learn to not listen to ourselves and trust ourselves again. But just seeing people have babies and go through that process every single day and mm. knowing that the key to all of it is just trusting that your body is perfectly designed to mm. like take care of you. It just makes me realize like how much trust we need to like regain in ourselves and how much we need to stop questioning ourselves and trust in the process more. Just be, be more present and trust. Mm. Um, just witnessing everybody's lives and just seeing how it, how it works out. Trust. I love that. And it's, it's so, so profound for our world today, right? Not just in the birth process, but just everyone, everyone's learning. Do I trust my body? Do I not? You know, am I living in fear or am I, am do I, I not? trust an expert over myself? Yes. Who do we know better? Mm -hmm. We know ourselves the best, mm -hmm. you know, and trusting our intuition. It's there for a reason. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. I love, love that answer. Um, before we get into everything else, that just uh, this is just coming to me right now. But yeah. um, how do you how do you facilitate and and evolve your own trust for yourself? Um, I think a lot of it comes from just sitting with myself and being quiet. Mm. And I have you know four kids, so it's hard <laughs> to find that. But I really do try to carve out that time where I sit with myself and I have an intention for what I'm trying to find. Mm. So just sitting. And just getting quiet, asking questions, and just waiting for the answers to come. A lot of the times I'll meditate and feel like I almost drift off for a while and come back and feel like I have my answer. Mm -hmm. So I, I, meditation has been key. Yeah. Just no, to I go within. Totally, totally agree. I think just, you don't even have to use that word meditation. If you, right. it, you know, people don't really, you know, if there's someone that's like, well, I don't really know what I'm supposed to do during meditation. Yeah. Literally, you just said it. You can just sit with yourself in the stillness, in the quiet, ask a question and wait for the answer. Mm -hmm. I do that every day too. And I, I can't imagine my life without it. I will literally pose a question either in my mind verbally or on a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. And the offer or the answer is always offered back to me it and, it, and it feels like it's coming from this is going to sound weird but it feels like it's coming from a place that is n is not me <laughs> but right. also me do right. you know what I mean yes. it feels like I'm asking a question and someone else answered but it's that someone else I know I can trust completely exactly exactly it's kind of hard to well, explain so the universe has your back always yeah. right it's always out for for the best for you yeah just ask and you'll receive but life is so busy nowadays that we just don't yeah. stop and get quiet with ourselves. And sometimes it's scary to be quiet with ourselves. Totally. Because we're afraid of what we might hear. Yeah. Sometimes oh, yeah. it's what we need to hear, though. Yeah. A lot of people are, are running from that stillness, um, mm -hmm. and, you know, want to be distracted and, and want to keep going and doing. And, and uh, yeah, just being and being still is definitely can be scary. Um, and a lot of that relates to birth, to be honest. A mm -hmm. lot of that sitting still. So. I'm sure we'll explore that further, yeah. but a lot of that is sitting still, trusting yourself and trusting the process. Mm. Trust is key. I mean, we talk about surrender all the time. Trust and surrender to yourself. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yes, we're going to get into all of that. Can you give the, the listeners, I know much about you. Mm -hmm. um, we've, we've been friends for a few years now. Yes. Um, our 
men mm-hmm. <laughs> are good friends. Yes. And, and I feel like, I mean, our listeners know the story, our love story of coming back together. Mm-hmm. And we always, we, we always mention our good friend, Niels, mm. your husband, yeah. um, who was there literally with the reuniting of he, Chase and I back in 2019. Mm-hmm. Niels was the guy mm-hmm. who when Chase was like, yeah, you know, there's some, there's some stuff there. There's some chemistry there, but it's, it's my Mm ex-wife. Literally Niels was the one to say, who cares? I love that. And it like gave Chase this permission slip to feel all the things that he was feeling for his (laughs) (laughs) ex-wife. So you guys are woven into our love story. And then I met you shortly thereafter and I just fell in love with you. And, and you are someone that if you lived closer, she lives about an hour away from me. Or from us. And if you live closer, I would be at your house like literally every day. <laughs> Same here too. We just connect and just like go off on our own tangents. Yeah. And we're like, you guys all right? All yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll be over here. I love it. <laughs> um, yes. Okay. So give the listeners an, I- an idea of who you are mm-hmm. and how your work in the world helps people today. Okay. Well, um, I've been in the birth work space for about 15 years. Wow. I actually s- started in this, this, I guess, birth work area or realm um, before I even had children. Mm. It's something that called me just because I was curious about, you know, why people were having babies. I had my own fear surrounding it. And um, so I started working in a birth center with midwife and uh, managing and, and assisting in births. That's where I got to have that first, you know, amazing miracle of seeing someone give birth. And this was before you even had your before own kids. Before I even had okay. children. I was still like not sure. Mm-hmm. And then I saw it and it's, it's, there's something addicting to seeing that over and over again. Mm. Um, I'll never, it's, it, uh, once you see it, you just, uh, you believe in, mir- you know, miracles exist. Mm. And um, so anyway, I just, I dove into it. I worked at the center for years. Then I had my own children there. All four, I have four kids. So two boys and two girls. And um, you guys pause <laughs> your guys your kids names are the most epic names you guys listen they're pretty cool yes rain sunny sky river mm-hmm. <laughs> when I heard that I was just like yes I don't know these people yet but I love them <laughs> yeah there was a little pushback but we but it just felt so right it just felt so organic we decided to kind of like when our kids were born to have it be like a surprise mm. so we, we, we didn't want to know boy or girl we just said, let's just give them something that's just kind of neutral. We can call them by name. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Okay, we kept so you had the name picked out, but you didn't know the gender. Correct. For every child. Wow, Correct. that's so cool. There's few surprises left. So that yeah. was something, it was very hard to do. <laughs> but anyway, so we wanted to keep something neutral. And I always love like all the elements and, and weather and water and all those things. So yeah. it just kind of organically happened. Oh, I love it. Okay, continue. So you're in the birthing center and that's where you had your four kids. And so I had my four kids there and I um, just kind of grew up myself just in this environment of women supporting other women. And um, just uh, the the model of care is just so beautiful. Like everyone gets to know each other on a very personal, deep level. And I think that sometimes the Western model model can be kind of sterile. And, you know, you can be kind of a number. People don't know who you are. And I loved being in these visits with these beautiful, you know, mothers to be and, and being encouraged to be present and like take my time with them and get to know them and their lives and all the things that are going on. So I had my kids there. I had the same experience with the midwives in my own pregnancies. Like they just, they carved out hours for me if I needed it. They were there all the time. Um, had my four kids, took a little break to raise them. Um, and then throughout the years, you know, as my babies were growing, I would, you know, do 
doula jobs or, or pick up clients here and there in, in hospital, out of hospital, in birth centers. And then birth work just called back to me again. Um, and I've been doing it ever since. And so now I'm teaching at a birth center, a Termaline Wellness Collective. And I absolutely uh, just, I love it. It's mm. the most amazing center full of the most brilliant women. I mean, anyone could ever ask for It's so open and so supportive. So, I love that. so now I'm teaching and, um, taking doula clients and, um, expanding into midwifery in the future, taking some, uh, going back to midwifery or going to midwifery school. So, That's so cool. Yeah. And so when you say teaching, are you, are you teaching pregnant women about the birthing process or, yes. or what does your teaching actually look like? So my, my teaching is three classes and we're teaching about third trimester things that are going to happen in pregnancy. We're teaching about, um, all the changes where the stages of labor comfort measures, but the main thing that we like to focus on, it's very doula centric. So we're trying to, to impart on them kind of the kind of things that they would do if they were like the partners, what mm. they would do if they were a doula, we call them doodlas. Okay. Um, so for the, the man or the partner mm -hmm. in the, in the relationship, you're teaching them as well, how to basically be a, a, a substitute doula. Basically. And a lot of that just really is about listening and being present and being supportive to their partner. And then to the moms, we're teaching, we're talking about headspace, um, about surrendering to your own body, trusting your body's own intuition, um, um, just relaxing. We talk about stress response and all the things that it can do to, to stop labor. And okay. so we do a lot of med meditation and relaxation and um, a lot of um, comfort measures, which include touch and you know, positive affirmations and things like that, because a lot of, a lot of birth has to do with just being present and letting it happen to you, mm -hmm. like let surrendering to the process, like allowing, allowing it to happen and teaching the people around you just to be supportive and understand that they don't need to manage you. They just need to be there and support mm. you and witness you. Oh, that's so good. I love that. They don't need to manage you. Yeah. Your body's already, <laughs> already doing it's, it. It's doing it for you. And you don't, they don't need to. Yeah. I love that. They don't need to manage you. They just need to witness you. They need to witness you. Yep. I love that. Okay. So we have an idea of who you are and what you do in the world and how you help people. Um, let's go backwards sure. in time. And before you had your kids, mm -hmm. before you had this beautiful revelation experience at this birthing center, what was your concept? What was your, what was your idea of birth like? Like what was your attitude towards birth before you know, knew about this beautiful type of experience? Well, I think it was really scary. Mm. It was a really scary thought to me because, you know, a lot of what we learn about birth is either what's passed on from our mothers or other women that we know also by like media and movies and things like that. And a yeah. lot of it can be very dramatic, right? For dramatic yeah. effect to make it, you know, to make the movie more interesting right. or sometimes people want to tell you a story um, and they want to tell you the, the worst part, right? To make it to seem more interesting. I don't know. But um, I had um, a pretty traumatic birth story. My birth story passed on to me. And, um, with, without that intention, obviously, because, you know, my mother wanted to pass on my story, but she just had a really bad experience and a nurse that was really just not kind to her. Mm. And I, backstory, I'm an identical twin. Mm -hmm. So as probably people could guess, having two babies at once is pretty difficult, yeah. <laughs> you oh, know, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty hard. So she's amazing for doing that, obviously. Um, but I had some complications after I was born. And so I was taken away to the NICU 
and um, I don't know how the wires got crossed, but when my mother asked how I was doing, the nurse told her that I had passed away. Oh. So that trauma lingered with her. That's so great. And so that was kind of what was tied around my birth experience. And, the, and when she would talk, it would all, there would always be tears because mm. she was kind of mourning that whole story, mm. you know. So I was scared of birth. Um, I was horrified. Like, to be honest, death was like, that's yeah. certain. But birth, I mean, you don't know what's going to happen. It sounds hard. And it didn't make sense to me why people were having kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'd meet someone with a kid and I'd be like, how did you do that? I'd yeah. automatically think the worst. People who had multiple kids, I couldn't yeah. understand why they Wait, did you forget why that you it was that awful? Again? Yeah. yeah, why do you keep doing that, girl? <laughs> and now uh, you have four. Yeah, and, and so it just piqued my curiosity into what, what birth was like. And so I asked a lot of questions, and I guess I manifested this into my life and brought all these amazing women who just basically imparted on me that birth is normal. Mm-hmm. And birth can be wonderful, and it's an, it's an opportunity for transformation Yeah, if you allow it. And so once I was witness... I mean, to my first birth, I was transformed. Mm. I know mom and dad were transformed, but I was transformed. And I, and I cried. I cried a little bit because I mourned that old self of all those years of being stressed every time someone would ask about pregnancy. Mm. I kind of like mourned that for a second. Like, I can't believe I wasted so many years <laughs> worrying about. I mean, it's not obviously not wasted, but yeah. feeling so scared about yeah. it when I realized it's really so beautiful. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah, no, totally. It does. And Um, I'm so glad that, you know, oftentimes like our, the thing that the fear or the secret that we keep or our mess, you know, there's this saying like our mess becomes our message and something that obviously you've had trauma in your past and your mom as well. And like, you kind of were both in that fear and in that angst. Mm -hmm. Um, how freaking incredible now, you know, thinking back to the nurse that was really unkind to your mom and and probably added a lot of angst and nervousness and stress to the situation unnecessarily. Like you, you get to swing the in, like the uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum because right. you are the most loving and caring and nurturing. Like I've already, you guys listening, <laughs> I've already like reserved Marissa Aww. for being all of the things during my pregnancy and Thanks. birth. And like I'm just like just so you Heck know, yeah, I'll okay, be that. totally. <laughs> because I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want anyone else in my sphere more than you. Thank you. Because you just have this energy that is grounding and perfect (laughs) in in, you you know in this sense of wanting to be nurtured and also at the same time empowered absolutely and I think that that's probably a a great combination for anyone you know uh, going through the the pregnancy or the birth experience like I've never done it obviously but I can imagine putting myself in her shoes my future self's shoes I, I imagine she wants to be both nurtured and empowered absolutely it's being able to just know when to let go and when to ask for help. A lot mm. of it is is just being able to let go. We in like day-to-day life um, try to control so much. Yeah, yeah. There's a custom setting on everything, right? Like yeah. how we, what temperature we want something or mm-hmm. how we want our seat or whatever. Um, and so we control so much. Birth is one of those things that we have to kind of um, unlearn to control everything, mm. but also trust and surrender at the same time. It's You go back to this very primal instinctual process and um that's really what we try to try to teach everybody I mean there's really not much teaching as there is being we're practicing being a lot Mm. and also curating um people around us who support us 100 percent 
So like partners and Mm -hmm. whoever their support people are, um, just so that we can um, create a space where they can just be and trust. Well, I would love to talk about what are some of the, you know, myths and misconceptions around the term midwife, Mm. natural birth, the whole idea of natural birth. I think in our hustle and bustle society, wanting to have control of every situation, traditional Western medicine, like I think sometimes there can be a negative connotation attached to the whole idea of a midwife. Right. Um, can you go into some of uh, the myths and misconceptions around the whole thing? Um, well, I know with midwives, the big thing for me was like, what's their training? Like, yeah. Where are they getting it? You know, is it just some, are they just getting together and sharing, <laughs> yeah. sharing stories? Is that how they learn? Or do they go through like actual, like, you know, in case something happens, is there an emergency? Do they have yeah. certification? Do they have emergency training? Are they, you know, what if the shit hits the fan and there's, mm-hmm. you know, um, so, um, uh, misconception is that they're not trained, medically trained. And yes, they are. They have to go through years of, um, schooling with a, like a midwifery school. Um, and then they have to go through the same certification that any medical professional would mm. have. So they have to go through it, you know, take a test and pass obviously. Um, and that, um, yeah, that they're just, that they're just kind of old school, not educated. Mm-hmm. They are. And birth is their specialty. This is, this is what I tried to like impart to people is like why midwives are so great is because birth is their specialty. Like you go to medical school and you learn all these other different mm. facets. You, you, you rotate into all these different specialties. Midwives are taught to be specialists on birth. They learn about all the different facets of birth, all the things that could, you know, complications and things to observe. Like that's all they study. Like for me, I would rather have someone who just studied everything about birth for a few years versus like, you know, I don't know, uh, podiatry or whatever, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, that is one of the misconceptions. What else? Um, um, like if, if, if someone's coming to you, a woman who you can tell is kind of like not totally sold on midwives, what are some of the questions that she could be maybe coming in or stories that she's told herself about the experience? Um, have you had any of that? What if something happens? Mm-hmm. is a big question. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you do if something happens? Do you have all the stuff that, that we would need in like a hospital? Well, number one, midwives are trained to anticipate anything and observe before anything could possibly happen, right? Anything, any negative outcome. So they're there to listen, to observe, and they're there to anticipate anything. So, um, that's one thing. Um, Another thing is they do have medical equipment. They do have drugs and medicine and things like that that they can use if there needs to be any intervention. Um, I think those are two big ones. Yeah, I think because it's, it's certainly something that I've thought about before I knew anything about midwifery yeah. or natural birth or anything like that. Um, it was definitely like, well, are they just like, uh, like, is it just like a group that anyone can become a midwife and, and you just, you know, like the birth process? Like we, uh, we have these you know, ideas in our head. Well, okay. Another thing that came to mind, obviously, is that like, you don't necessarily need to qualify, but you have to be healthy with like no serious pre-existing conditions, right? So like, if you have like um, a, a, some kind of condition or some kind of illness or whatever, you would probably be better managed in a hospital. So if you have no you know, no, like pre-existing conditions, right. Or then you would qualify, right. They're taking people who are in generally healthy condition. That's mm-hmm. really the qualification for being able to be deliver in a birth center. So that's the, that's the number one thing that people 
every, people think that anybody could just birth there, mm-hmm. but there, you do have to pass, like you have to be in healthy shape yeah. to no, be able to, to be able to birth there. That makes sense because they're, they're minimizing the risks of you needing an extra treatment or medication right. or intervention right. based on how high risk, quote unquote, your birth experience would be. And obviously you know, probably the un- more unhealthy you are, obviously the more you need more intervention. Risk. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that makes, that makes sense. Yeah. Another, another misconception I think is that, m- that birth has to be managed. Mm. So a lot of people come in and think, well, you know, what if, you know, they have to augment labor or change or Pitocin or all those kinds of things. Those are misconceptions that like that birth has to be managed. Birth is really kind of an, something that we observe and only, jump in and manage if we need to. So, Mm -hmm. or midwives manage. Um, so birth is not, does not need to be managed. That's Mm -hmm. a big thing. So a lot of the midwifery model of care is observation. They're obviously taking vitals and checking on you and baby throughout the entire process and making sure that you're both doing well. But it, for the most part, we, we, we observe as long as it's, everything is moving smoothly in your, in your process and in your flow, we let you do your thing. Because the woman's body is so incredibly, perfectly intelligent and innately wise, like to this process, like we are created literally for this process. Right. We hook women up in hospitals to Pitocin to stimulate contractions when your body has oxytocin. Mm -hmm. You know, we're giving them synthetic versions of something that we create in ourselves, um, which is crazy. Like Mm -hmm. we have the ability to do that ourselves. And in terms of like pain medication, we're giving them narcotics, mm-hmm. you know, when we have beta endorphins, things yeah. that are natural painkillers, mm-hmm. you know. So the things that we manage in Western medicine, the things that we create, our body is creating already for us. Yeah. So um, that's one thing that midwives know. Mm-hmm. We know that we don't need to create any or uh, start any interventions. So our body has all of those things built into it already. That makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, and <laughs> Western medicine is trying to create a copy of what is already happening inside the body naturally. It's a synth- everything is a, syn- it's a, it's a synthetic version yeah. and it has its time and its place for everybody. And sure. I want people to know that, that, that there's a place for it and there's a time for it. But a lot of those things are, like I said, are synthetic versions of the things that already exist within us. Yeah. That's perfect. What do you, how do you help women um, at your group, Tourmaline, how do you help women during the pregnancy process of staying healthy and um, having the best possible pregnancy? What are some things that you guys do? A lot of that is just being there and listening to them and being present, um, listening to their fears. Stress can do a lot to us, as we all know. You know, it can have negative effects on our health. So sometimes just having a woman there mm-hmm. who can understand what you've been going through can really help a lot with lowering stress, which in turn is better for you, lower stress levels. You know, your baby is obviously, you know, feeling whatever you're feeling, right? So we try to lower stress levels through that. We also talk about, we have a nutritionist on staff who's there consulting them and giving them ideas if they don't know how, you know, what kind of foods to eat. Um, What else? Let's see. There's meditation, there's massage, there's acupuncture. I mean, there's so many different modalities there to support the women. Um, we try to listen, first of all, to find out what's going on in their story, like Mm. what's going on in their life, Mm -hmm. first of all. And then once we hear their story and Mm kind of get a sense and a vibe, then if they ask for our recommendation, we can recommend different holistic modalities to help, help them, you know, kind of relax and ease into it. Yeah. No, that's great. Yeah. And a lot of it is also just reminding them that this is just such a normal process. 
that mm-hmm. they don't really have to do much but just be and just really take care of themselves, mm-hmm. um, love themselves. Um, you don't really have to do much when you're pregnant. You just have to be and and not stress out. Take care of yourself. I mean, it's sad that sometimes we wait until that we're pregnant to really take good care of yeah, ourselves. That's true. But, um, yeah, just being present, lowering your stress levels, mm-hmm. talking to friends. Do you ever um, – have to like kind of make a loving strong recommendation like hey maybe you should pull back on your work um because obviously our you know our careers and work and everything can add stress to our lives when we may not feel like it's stress we might just be like well it's just my work yeah do you ever have to make like recommendations for women like "Mm, this is this is too much you know, I, I try not to make recommendations in that way. I just try to reframe it and, and let them put it, the ball in their court and just say, like, it just seems like this is really causing you a lot of stress, mm. you know, and you know that that's, I can tell, I can see what it's, what it's doing to you right now. And how does that make you feel? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they come to the conclusions themselves because I, we know we don't want to tell them what to do, um, but we just are there as a shoulder. And we also just, um, we're a mirror. We try to be a mirror so they can kind of see what they're, we reflect back what they're, what they're showing yeah. or whatever, if that makes sense. No, totally. Yes, totally. And I, I'm, I'm flash, flashing back <laughs> to a conversation that you and I had um, a few months ago. We were at um, a get-together with friends, and we, we were talking about your work and, and birthing and midwives and everything. And what was so wonderful was was hearing as you're talking about being a mirror. Yeah. <laughs> you've been through this process four times. You know it very well. Yeah. Versus just memorizing things out of a book, taking a test and telling a woman um, you know, from a man's perspective. This is no hate on men, right? I love yeah, men. Of course. We love men. <laughs> we love everything that they do for us. Um, but it is different, I think, when speaking about something like pregnancy and birth. Getting advice or recommendations or just having that mirror from someone who's actually been through it themselves. I can't, I can't even imagine what the difference would be, you know, listening to uh, a man in his sixties, try to tell me what to do or what, what is best for my body. And it's like, home homeboy, you haven't been through this at all. How do you, how do you really know? Exactly. I'm not your other patients. I'm not your other, you know, that's how you're, you're gaining your knowledge is through experience and testing and and medical training and everything. But like, I've just never, ever wanted a male doctor in this because I'm like, I want someone who's been in my shoes before who knows exactly what I'm feeling. And that's trust. It's a trust level that you have with someone who knows. Yeah. Hey, hey, homies. All right. Here's a question we get all the time. Is it okay for generally healthy people to take immune Intel AHCC or is it just for people with serious illness? This is a great question. And most of the world is aware now just how critical a healthy functional immune system is in order to maintain long-term health but it's still easy to forget about your immune system until it's too late, until there's a breakdown somewhere, until your body is dealing with something quite serious. So what happens when generally healthy people take AHCC? Well, it's sort of like fixing the roof when the sun is shining, and now your house is much less likely to flood because of a leak. How does it do this? 
HCC works like a boss to quickly enhance the immune system, cell function, and communication. For example, the NK, natural killer cells, these are white blood cells that specialize in attacking tumor cells and cells infected with viruses. AHCC has proven to increase your NK cells by up to 800% in a matter of weeks. And T cells, these immune soldiers are important because they help direct your body's immune response. Certain types of T cells can actually seek out and kill foreign invaders. And AHCC helps promote optimal T cell activity. I know that I want this intelligence in my body every single day. So Chase and I both take at least two capsules of Immune Intel AHCC every single day without fail. If you'd like to start blessing your body with this daily intelligence, go to themedicine.com forward slash products or just check the show notes below. Cheers, boo. For me, that was the, one of the most important things was, you know, my midwife was a mother. And when she said something, I knew that not only was it obviously something that she learned, but it's something she's felt and that she's lived mm, through. Yeah. There was so much I could trust in that and that she really did care. I mean, listen, midwives don't do it for the money. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, don't I'm do sure. it. You don't, you're, you're not in this, in this realm. You're not in the birth workspace to make millions and millions of dollars. You're in it because you love it because mm -hmm. it, it is... It's hard to articulate mm -hmm, what it sure. does for my soul to be able to help someone else realize that they are so incredible and they mm. didn't know that before. It's so amazing to help someone at the beginning of their transformation realize that afterwards, like the, the, um, the wide eyed, like be, they're just like so surprised afterwards that they did something so amazing. Um, it's addictive. I want to be there at the begin, at the start of every single family, mm. you know, I want them to all have this beautiful start to their lives, mm. you know, as this nuclear family. So you don't do it for the money. You do it for the love. Mm. God, I'm like <laughs> weepy over here. Me um, too. <laughs> oh, I can just, I can see it in your eyes and I can feel it just from your energy and your words that, um, you know, just thinking about how much more empowered, women feel in your presence is just like, it's just like touching my soul. And that's how I want to feel. I want to feel fully confident and prepared. Yeah. Maybe not even like, Oh, I'm so prepared. I, I'm, I'm going to be able to anticipate everything. It's not right. that kind of prepared. It's almost like, it's like a power prepared. I, I know this is what it is for me, not sure. having been through the, the, the whole process, having confidence in my body's innate wisdom and power absolutely knowing that i will be able to do the thing mm, sorry that's what it feels like for me and i i have had you know getting real here i, I didn't know if i was going to share this but i guess i will <laughs> um I've, I've definitely had my own fears around the birth process and everything pregnancy um you know, Chase and I, I I've told you this before, yeah. but Chase and I did a past life regression yeah. therapy session and with our good friend, um, Roseanne Grace, who has been on the podcast mm. before recently, actually in the last month or so. And I, I've never understood why I had such an, not necessarily an aversion, but you know how women get into their late sometimes early, mid, late twenties. And they're like, I'm so ready to have a baby. Right. And there's like this clock that's that ticking. Was not me. <laughs> me either. And I'm 32 now. And I'm actually surprised at how much I 
don't feel the pull to like, I need a baby. I want to have a baby. I'm sure it's going to happen at at the most perfect time when it does. But I've, I've always wondered, like, I wonder why I'm not, is it because I have a ton of nieces and nephews or why is it that I don't feel this urge to have a baby right now? Like so many women do. And I, you know, in this past life regression therapy session, um, it came to me. I experienced it again. Mm-hmm. The, um, I, I, in a past life, I had had a really traumatic birthing experience and actually lost a child. Oh. And, um, when I was liter- when I was sitting and, and going through this past life regression, mm-hmm. it all like hit me. And I just started weeping. I was I like uncontrollably weeping until Roseanne noticed that I was like really experiencing the trauma again. And she was like, you don't have to go through the trauma again. You can just observe and witness. You don't have to feel it again. And it immediately turned off. My tears immediately like a faucet turned off. And I was like, oh, okay, I can just witness. I don't have to go through this again. And coming out of that, I I tell that story because it sheds so much light on why I might have this sort of aversion to you know, the birthing process. So I have had a a lot of fears and things and I've been able to let some of it go now. Like, oh, that was a past life. It's not this life. I don't need to be afraid in this life. And I feel like just meeting you and, and, uh, knowing you and and knowing this work is just like easing so much of those fear, those fears even more so. And so it's, it's very real for me just listening to you. Like this is for our listeners, but this is also for me too. Well, it's just, yeah, it's just a, it's, it's a simple concept, but so, so much harder to practice is that, like I was saying earlier, is the trust and the surrender. A lot of the key to, to, to doing it this way, this, you know, unmedicated or whatever birth your way is that trust and that surrender. And we know that we don't know everything Mm -hmm. and we know that we can't control birth. The only thing that we can do is set things up in advance, you know, have people that we love and that we trust in their skills and um, their intentions and just really trust that our body knows what it's doing. Mm -hmm. If you've ever, you know, seen in nature, you know, an animal give birth, they do it by themselves unobserved, but it all happens on their own. No one's giving the puppy, the dog, you know, Pitocin (laughs) or rupturing their membranes, right? Mm -hmm. Like they just do it on their own. And I I don't, you know, want to say like, (laughs) but we are all, you know, they're mammals, they're living things. And it just, it happens all over the world. Mm -hmm. You know, we manage in the, in, in the West so much of births. And I think that is what perpetuates the negative, the negative feelings around birth is because I mean, you know, cesarean rates are skyrocketing and uh, there's a direct correlation between how much we are trying to manage and all these negative outcomes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? People don't feel listened. I mean, you hear women say, you know, um, after their, you know, if they have an experience and it was particularly traumatic is things along the lines of like, I felt out of control. Mm. I felt, I felt like I wasn't listening. I felt like my birth, I felt like my birth happen to me. Mm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's nothing that I could do. They just did it to me. And, mm. and I don't ever want any woman to feel that way. Mm. Your birth happens for you. Yeah. It happens for you, not to you. Mm-hmm. And the best thing that I feel like anybody can do is just surround yourself with people who love you, who have beliefs that are congruent to your own mm-hmm. and then just trust the process. And that is such an easy word, but so much harder to do. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but something I was just thinking of um, 
kind of we talked about misconceptions around midwives and the, and the the natural birthing process and everything. I think one of the misconceptions about the traditional hospital uh, experience is that for we're talking about a healthy woman here, no complications, no pre-existing comorbidities or anything like that. Mm. A healthy woman. I think that there is this misconception about the hospital experience that it is somehow safer. And I was listening to another podcast um, about natural birth mm-hmm. and the, the woman who was on, uh, who works at mm-hmm. Tourmaline. Amazing. Uh, and I didn't know this at the yeah. time when I was listening that it was your group. And yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, She's this sounds so like amazing. Marissa. <laughs> um, but something that she mentioned was this misconception around the hospital being safer. But actually sh- what she was saying is that there are so many in unnecessary interventions that, you know, hospitals are businesses. Right. Like y- you're kidding yourself if you think that they're otherwise. Like right. they are a business. They're looking at their bottom line. They're looking at the time. They're looking at, okay, which doctors do we have on call and who can we call in? And it's a business. It's a, it's a machine. It is. And so if your birthing experience is inconvenient to that machine, yeah. they're going to present things to you that really sound like it's in your best interest to we got to get things going baby's in trouble or I'm not saying that they're lying but it could be that they're they're not doing it for the mother and the baby they're doing it for their hospital environment experience schedule whatever feel free to correct me if I'm wrong here but that's when these a lot of these unnecessary interventions happen mm-hmm. is when they're pushing, you know, mom to, you know, start Pitocin or rupture membranes, like you said, or like, oh, break your water for you, mm-hmm. if, if, if that's what you yeah, mean. Yeah, rupture your mem- yeah. And I'm sure if you could, can you speak to some of the things, these unnecessary interventions that sometimes happen and and that actually pose a, an actual greater threat than the, the woman's body initiating it on her own. Okay. Do you know what I'm asking Yeah, absolutely. You? Okay. Yeah, but first I wanted to preface it by saying, like, I think hospitals have their place, you know, in, in birth. And I think that there are a lot of really well-intentioned people yeah. who go into it. But they're obviously taught one school of thought. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, um, you know, nurses and doctors go in for the love of it. Um, and some don't. Some yeah. are jaded by the, by the model after a while. But there are some really well-intentioned people there yeah um but you definitely get lost in the mix and it's not what they're taught they're not taught to trust they're taught to intervene they're taught Mm. to manage yeah we know we don't need to manage so unless unless what they change um teaching you know medical professionals in the west unless that changes it's going to continue to happen there's a lot of awakenings happening so hopefully yeah all over our world there are some hospitals now that do have doulas and midwives so that is a huge change because I never actually I didn't see a lot of that when I had my kids 13 years ago Mm. that you could get a midwife now you can get a midwife and a doula so some places are supporting it but um they also don't know sometimes that they can do harm and so there's these cascades of we call it a cascade of interventions where you do one thing with necessitates another thing with which necessitates another thing. And that can be something along, uh, along the lines of, I mean, number one is not being able to move. Right. So if, oh, yeah. if off the bat before you even, you know, go into labor, or feel even feel a contraction, you've got, you know, a spinal or like a epidural, epidural yeah. you can't move. And the number, one of the biggest things that we need to do when we're laboring, if we're laboring, unmedicated or even medicated, we need to move our bodies because babies need motion. Um, one of my friends is an educator. Her biggest thing is motion is lotion. (laughs) 
So motion is what gets that baby to kind of slide down. Mm. So you have to be able to constantly move. So one of the biggest things that is, is having women sit in bed on their back. It's like the worst thing that you can do for a laboring mother is to put them on their back. Not only is it like really bad for positioning for baby, but it's also really uncomfortable for mom. Oh, I'm sure. Can you imagine like just even having my being in labor with my own kids, just, I felt this need to just like move my body and just, and I can't, couldn't even imagine being able to, you know, told that I needed to sit. Mm -hmm. Now, in some cases, obviously some women are encouraged to move in hospitals. It's just, you just never need, never know what you're going to get. Yeah. And having that awareness ahead of time, if you do plan to have something in hospital that you know what, what they, what they're okay with and what they're not okay with and choosing a, a place that will support that. Um, can we pause for just a second? Yeah. I, I want to go into other things in this cascade. Um, but the, I'm sure everyone listening knows, but just to, just to clear up the epidural is so that the woman doesn't feel the uh, in, intense amount of pain. Right. Yeah. So they're doing it to make the mother more quote unquote comfortable. Right. Is there any other benefit to it? Um, no, it's pretty much so you don't feel, so you don't feel pain, which is so interesting because sitting on your back in labor is painful. It's when we move that we can alleviate that discomfort. Mm. So like your body, um, just motion alleviates pain. Yeah. And so, and deeper, once you get into like active labor and you're moving and you're getting into your flow and you're surrendering and you're almost feeling like you're lifting out of your body, then your body kicks in and starts to create its own drugs which is what we teach in our class. It's, they're called beta endorphins and it's your natural painkiller, but you're still able to move. Mm. You're, sta you're still able to move and we tell people to push, to push through what your body's telling you. If it's telling you to move this way or, you know, get in this position, do it. Trust what your body is telling you. And that pretty much always works out. Mm. Is, That's so great. Yeah, but number one is don't put a woman on her back. Yeah. So Let it's almost like, okay, you're starting with putting the woman on her back. There's an uh, intense amount of pain. Then they start the epidural usually. Mm -hmm. uh, and then what, can we finish this cascade? What yeah. Comes next so usually? then, then they usually get hooked up to Pitocin, which is a synthetic version of oxytocin, which is a hormone that you produce that helps contractions. The only thing is obviously nature is perfect, right? And there's always yeah. flaws in the synthetic versions of anything. And so the flaw in for me, from what I've noticed in Pitocin is it doesn't give you a break the way oxytocin does. Oh, wow. The beautiful thing about your body, your perfect, wonderful body, is that it gives you a break when you need it. Mm. So when you're in the flow and you're kind of in your labor, right, you're earlier or late, your body gives you these what we call waves or contractions. So you feel something kind of surging up into your body, getting stronger, peaking, for maybe 30 seconds and slowly fading away. Mm. Then you get a break. That's the contraction. That's the contraction. Then it fades away and it's gone. Then you get a little break. You get maybe in the beginning, maybe you get 15 minutes in between to rest. So you can slowly acclimate to this like idea of, whoa, that's a contraction. Then as things start to, to move forward, they get closer together. And then you get less of a break. But the biggest thing is that you don't get a break with Pitocin. It is right on top of each other. Mm. And someone has a knob where they can increase the amount of Pitocin that you're getting. Mm. So your body <laughs> is, is regulating how much you need yeah. and it's giving you a break. Pitocin, there is someone literally with like access to how hard you get it and you don't get a break. And it's exhausting. Oh. It is oh. so exhausting. 
it can also cause all this undue stress on your uterus, which is what's housing the baby. So that can cause, turn into, so the Pitocin can be stressful, it can be painful, it can be overwhelming. And if you haven't had an epidural by then, you're probably going to want one by now because you're exhausted and you're in a lot of pain. So then you can't move, right? And these contractions are getting strong. Sometimes the stress can cause issues with the, the baby's heart. The baby is feeling a lot of stress. And so you see maybe um, fluctuations in the baby's heart rate. And then they want to manage that. And that alerts them. And, and ev you know, ev then everything goes, goes haywire, right? Um, they might say, we need to get the baby out. We need to do this. We need to do this intervention. We need to pop your water. That's another thing. Once you break a woman's water, you have a time clock mm -hmm. um, of like 48 hours before, you know, you can have issues with like infections heading in and things like that. Mm. It's just, whereas in a birth center, we wait till you start feeling contractions. We say, oh, you know, we have a doula come over and we just, we, we're not looking at you like, okay, we got to get out of here. It's like, okay, let's just on your own time. There's no, there's no time clock. There's no like you need to perform. It's just at your own rhythm, at your own pace. We're not asking, we're not sticking our hands up there, checking if your cervix is dilated because mm. it doesn't mean shit unless, <laughs> you know, it doesn't yeah. mean anything. Um, it doesn't really tell us anything when you're in labor, if you're, mm. if you're dilated, it doesn't tell us how long it's going to be till the baby comes. That's another myth or misconception to go back to is like, is, you know, checking a woman's dilation doesn't tell us when the baby's going to be here. It doesn't mm. really tell us anything. Um, so that would be one, another one. So rupturing membranes, what's another one? It, feel, it feels like what you just explained is the really common route to having an emergency cesarean. That happens a lot. Yeah. And we're, I mean, our cesarean section rate, I might be wrong, is like up in the 40%. Yeah, it's a lot. Plus, and a lot of that, a lot of that has, I mean, yeah, it's skyrocketed. It's so sad that we're, we're doing surgery on, on a lot of unnecessary, um, situations, a lot of births, yeah. even breech births, which is another thing that, I mean, seeing a, a breech birth vaginal and realizing that, that the, the normal route in a hospital would just to be, to do a cesarean section mm -hmm. when I've seen it done vaginally with no complication. Wow. Yeah. Cause that's, that's another really, you know, quote unquote scary thing mm -hmm. or like high risk is like, Oh, the baby's breached or whatever. And then they kind of give you this uh, option of just C-section. Right. Um, but I, I, man, it's, it's hard because I think I didn't know this before my, my sister had her first baby. She, she did go into labor and labored for a long time, yeah. but her son's beautiful head was in the 98th percentile <laughs> and her pelvis was not big enough. And so there was a lot of stress. And so she did have to go into an emergency C-section okay. after pushing for hours and hours wow. and hours. And so she like experienced both births, like both types of, of births. And I didn't know this, but like C-section is a major oh, surgery. Yeah. It's not just like some small little like incision, slide out and mm -hmm. like stitch you back up. You're good. Yeah. It's like recovering from like, uh, well, in her case, it was re recovering from like almost a, a basically vaginal birth and then also oh, recovering from a C-section. That's so tough. That is so tough. It, and C-sections, you know, um, there are times where it necessitates a mm -hmm. C-section. Like if you do have you know, high blood pressure in my, in my, um, experience seeing someone who's having blood pressure go through the roof, you know, um, you would know that that's obviously a, a red flag. That's a sign that they're having issues or could be preeclamptic. Mm. Um, and like I said, I'm not a midwife. This is just my observation, just being in the birth space. 
So sub, those are the kind of instances where you want to get a baby out as soon as possible. Um, yeah. So there are reasons for it. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we go to that a lot sooner than we need to in yeah. a lot of instances. And it just makes me so sad because women feel like it's being done to them instead mm-hmm. of done for them. And um, I want every woman to feel heard after all their birth experiences, you know? Yeah. And I think we all need a space to be able to relay our birth experiences to each other mm-hmm. and like get that out of our system. Um, yeah. Where we learn about birth, mm-hmm. right, is by, like we said, media and all that and sharing birth stories. And um, one piece of not advice, but thing we talk about, I guess it's advice we talk to our moms about is, is when you're in that stage of your life and you are pregnant about um, being really selective and it's okay to be selective about who you let into your circle and who you, whose story you want to hear. I think it's imperative that all women share their birth stories mm. and that we get to let go of whatever has happened negative and that we also have other people to share our triumphs and our joys. But when you're in that stage and you're, and you're pregnant, I always ask just to remember that you're really ask them to, to remember that they are super receptive and vulnerable in this state, like emotionally mm-hmm. and that, when we hear other birth stories, just to let people know ahead of time that, you know, if it's traumatic or it could be jarring or, um, quote unquote, like negative to let them know that you want to hear their story and that they should be heard, but that that might not be the time to -hmm. share it with them just because that will cause them stress. And, um, it affects a lot of, of our process when we hear just negative, negative, negative Mm -hmm. over and over again or scary. We're yeah. trying to keep them out of fear. Yeah. And sometimes that's all we, while we do is we share fear. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that is, yeah. but we just let people know. I think as part of the human experience, this weird aspect of us that it's the same thing that we're, you know, drawn to true crime and murder mystery right. and, and horror movies. It's like, there is a piece of us that gets this little surge of dopamine or whatever it is where it's like when we s- share or witness something traumatic or scary or whatever, it's like, <gasps> Oh, you we want to know why bad things happen yeah. or why, why scary things happen. Cause we're all curious, mm-hmm. right? Um, there's a balance to everything, but yeah, sharing stories, but also letting people know ahead of time, like I'm in this receptive stage of my life and I'm letting good in right now. And if you can't add good to it, well, let's, let's share our birth stories later. Yeah. Wait no, till I'm through this part. That's such great advice. Um, and really like the woman, you can't expect everyone outside of you to know that that's what you want. Like we have right. to be our own advocates yeah. and lovingly, kindly, you know, just as you said it, you said it so beautifully and perfectly, like be your own advocate, be your, your baby's advocate and know that like, yes, your, your story is so valid and I want to hear it. Now's probably not the best time for me. Um, I'm trying to keep, you know, stress down and fear down and I'm really trying to embrace, you know, every aspect of pregnancy and and birth without any fear whatsoever. And I appreciate your support in me, you know, uh, um, taking care of myself that way. Mm -hmm. Um, we have to be our own advocates that way. And, um, I think that that's, that's such good advice. Um, if I can elaborate on that, um, when we're pregnant, it's such a great introduction into parenthood and along with parenthood comes a lot of, um, uncomfortable conversations (laughs) when you have to advocate (laughs) on behalf of your family. So, um, with pregnancy comes having uncomfortable conversations sometimes Mm -hmm. and just letting people know, like just drawing your line for that, that moment, whether it be having a conversation with like the mother-in-law who's giving, you know, unsolicited advice and causing you stress. (laughs) We've had a lot of people who are pregnant having 
to be in that place where they're having these conversations that are uncomfortable, but it's pregnancy elicits those kinds of things. You really have to advocate for yourself and there's a way to do it where you're not, you know, putting people off. You're putting yourself first, but it really is the great, the greatest intro into being a parent because once your kid comes into the world, things come up that you're going to have to advocate on behalf of your family or your child. And being pregnant and advocating yourself is just the, just the, the intro. So if you, if you're not, uh, you know, comfortable with having uncomfortable conversations or speaking up for yourself, pregnancy brings that up. And then once you have kids, like yeah, all bets are off. Yeah. Know? It's good practice, prepares your nervous system. It to really kind does. Of, uh, and you can do it in a loving and respectful yeah. way for sure. Um, no, I love that. Such, such great, um, great advice. One thing that you told me a while back at the same party that we were at talking about birth. I feel like we, you and I were off on the, on the side, like saying. talking like, guys, about birth. Check in with, well, we're live. We'll just check in with you later. Uh, one thing that you told me that blew my mind, mm. you know, speaking to this innate intelligence and wisdom and magic inside a woman's body that just knows how to do it without her even trying or doing anything. You told me a woman who is in a coma can give birth. Yes, that's so true. What? That blew my freaking mind. Can that's, you can you talk about that a little that's bit? That's so true. Um, well, this is something that one of my like birth uh, co-educator talks about that she learned. Um, but she she would tell us that you know your body, as long as you know, obviously your brain is functioning alive, your body can still produce oxytocin and your uterus can still contract. So without you actually, because a lot of when you're in birth, you're, you're conscious, but unconscious at the same time. Mm. You're like consciously unconscious. Mm. Your body will do all these things on autopilot without you. You don't have to be present um, or conscious to be able to, to have your body just know what to do to eject a baby. It just needs to know that you're safe. Your body yeah. will release those hormones. Your, your uterus will contract. You might maybe need a little assistance with like your legs or whatever, but your body will push that baby out on its own. And I have a personal experience. Um, not obviously the, the coma part, but um, having my own baby, my second baby, and not even trying to, I mean, not trying to have her on her own. Like, <laughs> you know how we, you see in these movies, these women are like push and they're being directed and guided. Yeah. It was one of those instances where I had my second baby where I could not not push my baby, just my uterus just ejected her out of my body. And that was like, oh, that does make sense. Like our body will do it on autopilot. Like, um, this, the baby, it works with you. Your hormones work for you. They work together. Like the baby does a lot of the work and all you have to do, like I said, is get out of its way lower your stress hormone because stress hormone and oxytocin can't live together on the same playing mm. field. So when you're stressed, you won't have oxytocin flowing. So that's also why sometimes that the idea of someone being unconscious, there's no stress, right? There's no stress getting in the way of that oxytocin. Yeah. So that oxytocin happens and it'll push down and, and it'll dilate you. And as long as baby's in optimal position, it'll just eject that baby on its own. And in my experience on my, with my second baby, I was, had already had my first and I knew that all I needed to do was just like get out of my own way and just relax into it. And so I just imagined myself melting. And eventually I got to the place where they were like, okay, what's going on? I was like, I can't not push this baby's coming out. And they were like, wait, 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 wait. And I said, I can't not, I can't not. And she just like my water exploded <laughs> kind of like out of a movie. And she just, <laughs> she just ejected right out of my body. There's nothing that I could have done to not have a baby. 
I didn't even have to be there. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. really, she just ejected out of my body. So your body is so perfectly um, working for you. You just, you have to get out of its way and you have to, not have to, I always use that word. You want to be as like, as um, minimize stress as much as possible. Yeah, I feel like that's definitely a theme of trust, this conversation. Surrender, uh, trust and surrender are what a lot of what we teach is trust and surrender mm -hmm. to your process. And yeah. sometimes it starts with birth videos, watching other women trusting and surrendering. Mm -hmm. um, and, and also just being in an environment of other people who support that, that idea that that's all we really need, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. teaches you by osmosis. You feel the same way. Totally. And then that. sharing positive birth stories mm -hmm. also reinforces that, that we're, per that we're perfectly designed mm -hmm. and that we can trust ourselves. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, I love that. Uh, can you, I, I've always been intrigued by um, water births mm. and being in the tub or, yeah. or a, a, an inflatable pool or whatever. Is that really common for the women that you work with? It is common. We have um, tubs in both of our birth rooms and I really like the tub. I had my last baby in the water and I had, I had River in the water because he asked me to. Oh, My midwife said, well, why are you so adamant about this baby being born in the water? I said, because he told me to. And it was one of those moments where I was quiet and still. Oh. Um, it was a surprise. And so I was really trying to tap in and communicate with him. And I just remember him telling me, like, Mom, I want to be born in water. And he was born in water. That was my only water birth. But <laughs> makes sense. Like so name river. river. <laughs> yeah, River was born in the water. But he literally in, inside of me just said, Mom, have me in the water. Hmm. And so I had him there. Which, funny enough, there was a reason for that, but we'll get back to that. Um, the tubs are really great. Um, they're great for delivery, but mainly they're the, they're awesome for pain management mm. because the the weightlessness. Mm. You know, obviously the baby is inside of you, yeah, floating in a bag of water. So they they, they become buoyant, right? Yeah. And when you're standing and you're standing on dry land, there's gravity, and that baby's heavy, like down yeah. in your pelvis. So if you've been lab laboring for a while or we want to like the midwives want the hope that the baby can kind of change positions a little bit, they'll ask you to get in the tub and that baby will just kind of float and lift off mm. of your, your pelvis or your back. And it gives you what we call the aquadural, which is like mm. a natural pain reliever. So it's that. really good for women to kind of like recenter when they're having, if they've had a particularly long labor and they're stressed and they're just tired it's a great place for like, um, for a break and for a little bit of like relief and also repositioning mm. for a baby. Um, gotcha. so it's great for that. Um, it's great for pain management. It's also great for labor, like for delivering a baby too, as well. There's something really, really, um, calming about pulling a baby up out of like water because they're going from water to water. Mm. So the transition into like breathing yeah. air is pretty, pretty it's less shocking and less jarring yeah so a lot of and time they're okay coming through the water obviously they have to like expel stuff out of their right, lungs right right there's a reflex that they have that once the air hits their palate then they take their first breath because mm -hmm. they are attached to you by an umbilical cord so they are getting everything they're getting oxygen they're getting all their food and everything by from you so the baby can be underwater and it's until you take them out mm -hmm. that they take that they have that reflex to take their first gasp of air Wow. So you'll see, you can even see like videos on YouTube where women will have the baby underwater for, I don't know, a minute or so, or maybe longer. 
And the key is once they come out to not put them back under. Yeah, yeah, right. Is to just keep them out of the water. And once they're breathing, they're so calm. They're so still. Because sometimes they don't even realize they're born. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Until they feel that temperature change or that air hit their, yeah. hit their, hit their nose and their mouth. That they're like, oh, you know, yeah. it's so calming. It's so, it's so chill. Sometimes we have to be like, Hey, guess what? You're here. <laughs> yeah, like, wake up. It's such buddy. a beautiful, it's such a beautiful transition. So the water to water birth, the water to water environment is really nice. Hello, love. By now you've probably heard us talk about the amazing full body benefits of using medicinal mushrooms in your day, but where do you start? There's so many options. I'm here with a pro tip just for you. One of the first things that Chase and I do when we get up is make our mushroom coffee elixir. Coffee is a wonderful carrier of mushrooms because it already has an earthy taste. So we do this by blending about a half a teaspoon of our favorite medicinal mushroom powder extracts from our friends at Real Mushrooms directly into our king coffee. You could also use regular coffee as well. They have quite a few different mushrooms to choose from. Lately, I've been reaching for tremella or chaga for the skin and immunity benefits. Blend it all together with a hand mixer, add whatever other flavor, milk, or sweetener you like, and voila, you've got a delicious mushroom elixir to start your day. Real Mushrooms is our top shelf choice for mushroom extracts because unlike most mushroom brands out there, they refuse to include any fillers or starches in their final product. They are simply real mushrooms. To try for yourself, just head to realmushrooms.com and use the code Mimi, M-I-M-I, at checkout for a hefty discount. Enjoy. I've always pictured myself whenever I do let myself go there in my mind of like what kind of birth experience would I want to have even before I knew about tourmaline and talk to you and everything I always pictured myself like being in the water and, and having a home birth with you know a big tub or maybe it's a birthing center or whatever but yeah. like being in a homey environment I've never once pictured myself in a hospital um, well, that's beautiful that you're already kind of envisioning that you're seeing that. And that I would say to trust that vision for you. Yeah. To try, it, it comes up obviously, and it resonates with you for a reason. So to trust that. Yeah. I it definitely, could be your yeah, future self telling you like, yeah. this is the optimal environment for you. Yes. I, that's what I, that's what I believe. I, I fully trust myself that she knows, um, already. Um, Love it. You said you you were, you were gonna uh, talk about why River was born in the water. Oh, River was born in the water. He he knew something that I didn't. That mm. he was in he was in what we call like a I think they call it a mal position. Mm. So he was in what we call a posterior position, which is sunny side up. And <laughs> the main way you know is you have like a lot of back pain. So he wasn't upside down. He was just flipped around, turned the other way. Um, think about like if your your baby should be ideally laying in your belly like they're a hammock, like the outside of okay. your belly, he was flipped the other way. And so it was causing me a lot of back pain. And with my first, with my first daughter, I had a posterior delivery and it was really, really difficult. And I had different experiences with all of my kids. I know for a reason, because it was going to help me help someone else mm. in the future. So River was posterior and early in my labor, I just had this feeling bubbling up that it was like birth number one all over again. I could feel something that didn't feel right. Mm. And so I had not yet gotten in the water, but I did remember him saying he wanted to go into the, he wanted to be born in the water. So my wonderful husband, Neil said, well, 
maybe you go in the water right now. Go in the water now and see what happens. So I, I get in the tub and I lay on my side and Again, my amazing husband says, well, why don't you lay on your side? Like he, he has this epiphany of, well, you know, buoyancy. Hello. He's like floating in your tummy. Why don't you try shimmying him, shimmying your belly and see what happens? So I lay on my side in this tub and he's, the baby's floating in water and I just shimmy my belly a little bit. And all of a sudden I feel him turn mm. and he's just like loaded in my pelvis just perfectly. And within seconds, I feel like I'm going to push. Mm. And he was telling me, I believe, that he needed that extra help to get into the right position. Yeah. So he was born in water. And it was all I needed to know, like that your body is so perfect. We had this like connection. He was telling me something. I had told my husband that I want that, you know, River told me that he needed to be born in water. And, you know, he reminded me, you know, he was my he was my person, right? Yeah. He was my my community. He reminded me of that. And so I just asked, you know, I asked for it and, and river turned and it was the most beautiful, serene, calm, mm. um, easy delivery. Wow. That's so, I, I've never heard that story. Yeah. Um, I'm just like enthralled. <laughs> it was so surreal. It was like within seconds, it was like shimmy, 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 boom, That's I'm so going to cool. push. He's here. Yeah. And it was, it was like three hours. Wow. That's Amazing. I remember uh, recently you were telling me about a birth that you were at and um, you, I forget what you called it, but you had mentioned that it was a very, what sounded like quick delivery because of, was it certain techniques or do you know what I'm talking about? You said it was like a, only like an hour. Does that sound familiar? Well, my, the ones that I've doulaed um, have been, you know, a few hours, but there was one birth that I do remember and it was a first time mom which is kind of like it's so crazy when you hear about births that we call precipitous like two hours or faster from like the onset of contractions like mm. it's maybe it's that was the word that you use precipitous precipitous and I had precipitous deliveries with my number two and number three and river was only like three hours which is still really fast but um this mom had practiced something called hypnobirthing mm. and it's um it's not like what you would think you know where you're being like hip you know hypnotized on a couch but it's really practicing deep relaxation techniques and practicing them over and over and over again so that once you're in labor it becomes familiar and you're able to relax more because we we relax when things are familiar right right yeah we feel safe and a lot of the things that that really contribute to uh, uh, the outcomes that we that you most women want is, you know, safety, privacy, familiarity, right? Familiarity creates a feeling of safety. And so hypnobirthing is practicing this hypnosic, hypnosis or like a meditation mm. by your partner. And they, they practice reading um, certain scripts or certain, you can even write your own. And you just do it over and over and over again until it becomes familiar. Wow. So that when you're in that process, you feel that familiar voice mm. of like your lover or your partner saying these beautiful affirmations again. And um, she practiced and they were so faithful about practicing. It was the first time I'd ever heard that she actually had her baby and it was actually 45 minutes. Oh, <laughs> and she was a first time mom and she was so deep into her hypnobirthing. That's how I learned. I actually went to one of their sessions with a hypnobirthing practitioner about 15 years ago. Wow. First time I'd ever heard about it. And she I mean, they were so, they were so serious and that's what I loved about it was that they really, 
you have to believe it, right? Yeah. You can't totally. just go through the motions. Yeah. It's like, well, why are you in this if you don't fully believe? Right. You have to really invest. So they really yeah. invested and really believed. And obviously that's part of it. But the familiarity of her husband just like reading yeah. that to her. And she was, yeah, 45 minutes. She had first baby. Wow. Yeah. Hypnobirthing, that is, that is they call the story it. that I remember. I only remember my reaction to the story. I don't even, didn't even remember the entire story, but I just remember being like, holy crap, what? And that was actually, you told me that story or a piece of it. And I was like, I need Marissa. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't, I don't think I knew about the hypnobirthing because obviously it's something that's outside your scope right Right. now. Um, But that's so interesting, something to look into, you know, why not? It, it doesn't hurt. Um, I can definitely see, you know, I'm picturing Chase like reading to oh, me or, you know, he would be and so And he wonderful. would be so great. He's got the, he's got the best voice for it as yeah. well. But I think in, in, I think a lot of times now, well, in, in the West maybe, or just in general, that we feel like we don't have to do much homework when it comes to birth because now it's just kind of like a, we just show up yeah, and it's managed for us. We don't have to know anything. And what we're trying to to accomplish is let people know that um, you are your advocate and that you got to do the homework. Yeah. If you want a certain outcome, you have to like be a student of it the entire time. Mm-hmm. Go where your curiosity takes you. Know about what your options are. Know about what interventions there are. Um, just, just be a student of life. Mm. You know, be a student of pregnancy. It's very, people think it's just much easier to go in and have your birth managed but now we're realizing what the outcomes are and all the trauma and all the there's I mean, there's so many crazy statistics about that. Um, you have to do a little legwork, right? It's it's a, the one of the most, if not the most important things or events that will happen in your life. Yeah. People train for a marathon for an entire year. Yeah. yeah. And that's a race. And you don't get a baby at the end yeah, of it, right. you know, and they do more training and more, you know, pre- preparation and then yet we just go into a hospital and let people tell us what to do with our own bodies. Yeah. I mean, people go and train for six months out of the year to look a certain way in their bikini on the beach. Right. <laughs> or to be in like a fitness com- yeah, competition, totally. right? Yeah. Why not do, oh why not yeah. do preparation and study, you know, about your own body and mm-hmm. something's going to happen. Like you take yeah. that baby home. That's a whole that's for life. Right. And uh, that's something that I've, I've definitely thought about. I've had conversations with friends or whatever, um, about, you know, I, you know, are you guys thinking about kids? Are you guys thinking about kids? And, you know, this question comes up, uh, quite a bit for Chase and I, and, and we talk about kids and everything, but one of the reasons why I know that I'm not in this moment right now, ready to embark on that journey is because I know myself well enough to know that I am going to become the best student of pregnancy that there is. Oh, I bet you will. (laughs) And I want to, I want to be able to be in that space fully and not feel completely pulled in, in 1 million different directions. Absolutely. And right now it's just the reality. Um, of course, if something happened, if we got pregnant, of course we would make it work in our lives and it would be a wonderful experience. But if I can, you know, put any sort of intention around, around the experience. Um, I, I just right now have, I feel pulled in different directions, like with our business and we're in a, in in a significant growth period for that. And that sort of feels like our baby right now. And it's really important to us. Um, it's also really important for Chase and I to make sure we are stable. We are balanced together. We are able to talk about 
ahead of time before we even have a child what kind of things do we want to teach what kind of traditions do we want what what do we want to talk how do we want to talk to them about nature and and how do we want to address screens you know yeah. all these things that you know i think it's important to talk about ahead of time so you have some idea and at least for us it's it's felt good um not that we talk about it all the time every day right. but we're at the point now where we can we can talk about it um freely and um, just knowing, going back to the, the pregnancy thing, I know that I'm going to want to be 100% invested in everything that you just said, being my own advocate and learning all the things and talking to all the people and maybe doing some hypno, uh, hypno birthing. And right. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I just, I, I don't feel it yet. I don't feel the, the pull yet. One, it's a big change too. I mean, birth is one day out of your entire life. And once you leave, you have a baby and <laughs> And life changes obviously significantly. So yeah. um, it's 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 important to do your homework. It's a it's it's important. I mean, we're we're never a hundred percent ready, but it's also if you feel this pull that there's other things in your life that that you want to accomplish, or there are a lot of things that you want to figure out beforehand, then I think that's the best thing yeah. to do because a baby can make or break. Mm -hmm. You know, when you realize, because some people don't have those conversations about how they want to raise their children until afterwards and they're in the, in the throes of it, you know, yeah. just to be on the same page mm -hmm. as each other before you embark on that adventure together because for the rest of your life, your child is a manifestation of the two of you. You are tied together for the rest of your life. Yeah. And some people, they don't really want to be yeah. and yeah. it can cause, and it can cause problems. So yeah. it's, it's good to be able to, to, to know that that's, you know, ahead of you when you're ready to do all that, that you will, because yeah. you're a great student. You'll be a great student at whatever you do. And birth, mind you, is not like work. It's birth and pregnancy and parenthood. It's really interesting. It's so fascinating. Yeah. And there's a plethora of resources out there so you can enjoy it. It's not like homework where yeah. you're like you're in college and you're studying for like a midterm. It's really fun. Yeah. And no, it's applicable to your own life. Yeah. I love that. I love that encouragement that it's not, it's, it's like finding your passion in the, in your business or in your work. Like it's only work if you perceive it as work Absolutely. and that I have to do this. I have to do that. Oh, I got to do this yeah. rather like, no, this is my mission in the world and it's so fun. I'm lit up by it every day. So it it's not work to me. It's it's my love. It's mm -hmm. it's me putting my my creativity and my love into the world and offering it to people and helping people. Like that's how I, I wanna, you know, look at the whole experience of, of birth and pregnancy and everything. That it's it's not like you said, it, it doesn't have to be like arduous homework. It's it's interactive and fun and and just um, unending opportunities for your own growth and expansion, not right. only physically, obviously, yeah. but but mentally and spiritually. And and I would love. Um, I know we're we're coming up on on time a little bit. I could literally just talk to you for like five <laughs> hours. Um, but you know, speaking to that expansiveness, um, that that pregnancy and being a mother brings. How have you felt? changes in your own life maybe emotionally or spiritually having gone through this like in what ways have you yourself expanded maybe spiritually um well I think the biggest thing is I didn't feel like I could before I felt like I was stuck just kind of where I was at I felt like um with each subsequent child I felt like I was it's like a ball of clay again mm. you know like I could be reformed with each experience um and then it's transformational because it, it pushes you to a, um, a realm of like deep trust and, and you feel so much self love afterwards. Mm. 
for yourself and for your body that you feel for a moment for a while there actually you feel like high mm, I bet yeah and um it's what some people you know take psychedelics for right mm-hmm. to feel that feeling you know um you feel like you're that afterwards and and nothing can touch you and so um I think um it it taught me to trust myself to love myself it also my children are are so different for a reason they are like mirror reflections of me and my husband so just like the process of like having my own children through that process constantly gives me opportunities to grow when I see them. They're, like I said, they're a reflection of me. And so when I see good things in them, I know that's me. And when I see bad things in them, I know that's me. Mm-hmm. So it's a constant um, way to recalibrate myself, see how I'm showing up in the world. Um, it also, it's helped me expand just trusting in there's a divine purpose for everything mm. that I know that everything is for a reason, the good and the bad. And that's a balance to everything. I know that we're all here for a purpose. Our bodies wouldn't do what it does for no reason. Um, I've seen it. I see it all the time. Um, once, once a woman releases and let go, lets go and just becomes, lets that inner goddess or whatever come out of her. Um, I realize, and they don't even know it's there. Sometimes they're in such shock. Um, and I had that come out of me too. Um, I realized that, that we are magic, that we're all connected, that we're all here to contribute to the collective and that, um, birth is just the gateway to like contributing to the collective. Every time we have a child, um, we not only become better, but we also bring in this like perfect perfect being into the collective right with the beautiful birth experience um it's just our way of making everything just balancing the good out Mm. balancing the bad out with the good Mm -hmm. it's a way to add more good to the bad Mm. yeah polarity that's that's it is it's polarity that's everything um no you, you spoke to that beautifully and um I can honestly say that like learning about tourmaline and and talking to you um, and just learning more has not only assuaged maybe some fears that I had or this aversion, but like actually made me look forward to the process of oh, that so expansion and that growth and involvement that I know is waiting for me on the other side. And um, it feels so good for me to to feel the difference in my body, just the frequency of my own like Oh, no, I, we're, we're supposed to do this. We are. Not that every single woman has to be a mother or she's not fulfilling her purpose. I don't believe that one bit. But if it does happen that like this growth and expansion and involvement is waiting for you, if you choose to step into it and that, you know, birth, like you said so many times, doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be taboo. It doesn't have to be dramatic. It can be beautiful and wonderful and magical and life-changing and I just wanted to say that to to all the mamas mamas out there it is the it's one of those opportunities where we get the the chance to transform Mm -hmm. you know and to embrace it and to to do your homework figure out who you want to be in this life and when you come out of it you are um you're so in love with yourself you're so that. in love with the world afterwards. Um, so just when it happens to you, just remember it's your opportunity to transform and change and um, that you have it. Your body has your back. Mm. Love, trust, surrender, 
because it's all perfectly designed. It's in you. Yes. Oh, so good. Um, <clears throat> before we come to a close here, is there anything else that you, you know, looking back and, and thinking about yourself prior to your four babies being mm-hmm. born, is there anything that you wish you could go back and teach or tell yourself uh, back then um, about the, the whole experience? Um, what would I teach myself? You know, it's funny. I don't think there really is Mm. because (laughs) I know that my purpose is to learn from everything. I feel like all the experiences experiences in life are for a reason. Mm -hmm. And the only tragedy in life is when we don't choose to reflect and learn on those. So even the the tough, and I I did have my first was really, really hard. Mm. But I know, and I I, I looked back after that kind of traumatic birth experience, and I knew that it was because I was supposed to help someone else. So I would say there's really nothing I would change in my journey because my journey brought me here. Yeah. The good, the bad, like I talked about, the the polarity, like all the steps I took led me here. All the th- all the the things I experienced were t- to help me pay it forward to someone else. Yeah. When I see that mom who's got a posterior baby or she's struggling or something's hard or something's triumphant. I have so many varied experiences, good and bad, that I can share in it with her. Mm. So I wouldn't change anything because it brought me where I'm at. So Yeah, I love that. I absolutely 100% um, resonate with that. I've, I've had that question on a, on a podcast before where somebody was like, you know, go back to yourself at 20 years old. What would you tell yourself? And I had the exact same answer where I was like, I I don't want to tell her anything. Uh, if, if anything, I would tell her you know, just listen to your nudges. Mm-hmm. Listen to, yeah, I like that. Listen to your nudges. But I did that anyways. So yeah. I didn't need to tell her that. Like, and, and sometimes like we're not in the place where we're fully going to hear it. Right. Like, yeah, we could go back and impart this beautiful wisdom and enlightenment and blah, blah, blah. But sometimes it takes us making the wrong choice or taking the the path that you know maybe isn't in our best interest for us to actually learn and then the next time that it comes up it's like oh I've been here before I know that I'm going to go this way instead Mm -hmm. and it's like we have to go through those experiences and and like you said so beautifully like you went through those experiences so that you could then transmute it and make it you know this beautiful experience for another woman and, and feel so much gratification and satisfaction and purpose knowing that she has you on her team. It's yeah. just like, oh, it's not so lost. Wonderful. The experiences in life that I've had are not lost. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, Love it. that's what I would do. I would just stay on the same path and I'm so happy it led me here. I have no regrets. Yeah. Love that. Mm, I'm so glad I know you. <laughs> <laughs> me too. So, um, I have a, a just a, a few rapid fire questions as we bring this to a close. Um, you know, the medicine podcast is all about relationships. It's all about conscious relationships supported by conscious lifestyle and, and, and really looking at the medicines uh, that are available to us all the time, every day in every moment. And for you, um, what do you, we'll start with your body first. What feels like medicine for your body right now? Good water. Mm, Yes. We were talking about that. And conscious breath. Love it. So, Good, clean spring, live water full of minerals, live water. Yeah. Feeds, feeds me, feeds my body. Um, 
I can't live without it. I bring it everywhere. <laughs> you do. <laughs> that recenters me. Um, and then also just breath, being conscious of my breath just um, has changed so much for me. I'm When I feel overwhelmed, now I ask to like take time to go breathe in a quiet space. I, it sounds so woo-woo, but it really works. Breath is everything. Water, water and breath. I didn't totally. realize, but those yeah. are my medicines, water and breath. Yeah. Okay, so what about for your mind? What feels like medicine? Feels like medicine. Obviously, my podcast. I love your podcast. Oh, thank you. Oh, my gosh. I love your podcast. Um, and I love all this like relationship and all the medicines of the world. But um, d- diving into the medicine for my mind, books right now, books on tape um, and actual tangible books. I need to have both, right? Because yeah. I can't digest an actual tangible book as fast as I can an, audi- an audible book um, or an audio book. So birth, uh, birth books, birth about books about birth. (laughs) That is a tongue twister. Um, Books about um, love. So I'm reading a book by uh, Dr. Michelle O'Donnell about the scientification of love. Mm. And so that feeds my soul just reading about like, there's so much more to love. Like it's, so he's studying it as a science. Oh, music too. Mm. So music is another thing for me. Um, and 432, I like to listen to 432 hertz. Yeah, that's great. And just get quiet. That's another, that's a medicine for my mind. Did I answer your question there? Yes, beautifully. <laughs> um, I'm going to go back to your answer. But after I ask you, what about for your relationship with your wonderful man, Niels? What feels like medicine for that? Oh, man. You just say his name and I want to cry. <laughs> <laughs> he is literally one of, ch- he's one of Chase and I's favorite people. Like He's in amazing. This world. I'm he like, how did I get so lucky? <laughs> seriously. I mean, y- you drew it in. You attracted him with your beauty and magic and everything. Like you absolutely deserve someone that amazing. He makes me cry. I'm already, just so you know, I'm already crying. Uh, <laughs> I med- hope he listens yeah, to this. Medicine for me is, um, he's open for me all the time and so mm. receptive and, um, so supportive I just have to look at him he knows exactly what I need it's so we have such a spiritual connection he knows if I need time away from everybody he knows if I just need to be held Mm. he knows if I just need to be heard with no advice Mm. how many people know someone who knows to do that um yeah just and sometimes just time being silent in his arms is his medicine for me you know, it's like a great reset. So, um, yeah, he, he's like your adaptogenic medicine. Oh, he totally <laughs> is. He just knows exactly what I need. Sometimes yeah. he knows when I need to hear some tough love too. Mm. That's yeah, that's, that's absolutely sometimes needed. I, I can speak to that as well. Like Chase gives me that and, uh, you know, when it's appropriate and it's, right. it's, it takes, um, an embodied and conscious person to be able to one, give it out of love and give it in a way that is received out of love. And then right. also it takes a conscious embodied person to be able to receive right. it as medicine and out practice. of love. Um, totally. And I, I just, I know that I've told you guys this before, but you know, when, when Chase and I think about conscious couples in our, in our life, you guys are f- top of the <laughs> list, seriously. Thanks. And you, you really do. You, you provide Um, you know, we've, we feel so connected to you, but we, we are in a very different environment and stage in our life. You guys have four kids and 
super busy with them and every and, and everything and we're obviously not and w- not busy with kids um uh, but very busy but what you provide for us is an example mm-hmm. that you know you you can have a beautifully conscious mm-hmm. fulfilling wonderful relationship as partners with each other mm-hmm. as parents and still have you know, the, the parental experience and still have kids. I think that that is such a, it's such a story that we're told from such a young age that once you have kids, that that is your only purpose now. And you are, it's, it's in your best interest in some way to neglect your relationship or that that's just normal. Or your individuality. Yeah. It's only one facet of our lives. We're so, I'm so many different things. I'm, yeah. I'm Marissa. I'm a birth worker. I'm a wife. I'm a friend. I'm a singer. I'm a, you know, I like, I have so many things that I do. It's one facet of my life. He's my medicine in so many ways. He holds space for me and just always has my back and always wants me to be the best. Mm. So Mm, I feel it. Oh yeah. Um, Okay, going back to your second answer here. <laughs> We're just going to keep this going. Let's go, sister. Um, I forgot that this would actually be really great to hear from you. Book recommendations for, you know, whether someone is pregnant or maybe they're thinking about becoming pregnant or, you know, um, the birthing experience. Uh, do you have, what are your, you know, maybe top three books that like, okay, if you're giving me advice, um, what three books would you be like, you, you have to read these ones? Okay, so I would say um, if you're pregnant, I would definitely read anything by Penny Simkin. She is a, kind of look at the name of her book, uh, The Birth Partner. Okay. Um, she's amazing in kind of helping not only you, like, through your pregnancy, but really, I mean, to be honest, when you're, when you're the laboring or the pregnant woman, it's a, it's a different thing. You have to just be more present. It's a different journey for you as, as opposed to your partner. Mm. You're kind of busy doing something. So you need your birth team to kind of know what to do and to support your vision. So I would say you and your partner to read, um, the birth partner by Penny Simpkin, and then also the pregnancy childbirth and newborn complete guide. And that's also by Penny Simpkin as well. Um, anything by Michelle Odont. Okay. Dr. Michelle O'Dont. Um, what else? Oh, and anything by Ina Mae Gaskin, who's a midwife. And um, she's just kind of like, I. she's the one who taught, pretty much wrote the book, you know, or more made, brought midwifery back to like Western culture. Okay. Um, and so anything by Ina Mae Gaskin. Okay. Um, Michelle O'Dont, Ina Mae Gaskin, Penny Simpkin. All right. And I'll have links to uh, those books in the show notes, you guys. So if you if you're not in a place where you can write those down, uh, just head to the show notes and and check those out for sure. Ina May's Guide to Childbirth. That's it. Great. Essential. Love it. Good to know. Um, Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding? This was. Thank you for just providing a platform. Yeah, to be able to just you know, expand other, other, Mm -hmm. you know, people's minds and share your knowledge and 
give us a platform to have a voice. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Where can people um, connect with you further? Or if someone's listening and they're like, oh my God, I need Marissa in my life. I need her as my birth coach. I need to meet her. Like where can they go to learn more about you or to learn more about the group that you work with? Well, I'm launching my website actually <laughs> this month and it's thebirthplanet.com. So Love people it. can, will be able to reach me there. And um, I just started a new Instagram page. It's The Birth Planet, all okay. one word. So if you want to connect with me there and you're looking for a doula, um, you can reach me there. Um, and I'm also teaching childbirth classes at the Tourmaline Collective. So I'll be there and you can always look on their website and reach me there if, if you're curious and want to tour or want to take a class. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. If, you're, if you're local to the San, San Diego. Diego area. Um, definitely at least look it up, check it out, see if, see if it resonates with you. I know when I was listening to some of the midwives that, that are, uh, at, in this group tourmaline, I was like, oh my God, this, they're speak. I felt like they were speaking right to me. And that's how, you know, if something's resonating is like, was this created for me? Right. <laughs> or it gives you, you know, a sense of peace too. Yeah. That, um, I think that's how you can tell, like, is this resonating with me or not? Like, do I feel more peaceful having heard it? Right. Chase the peace, yeah. that peaceful feeling. Love it. Okay, you guys, thank you so much. I hope you feel empowered by Marissa's words and her stories and her wisdom. And that's the goal is that is that women feel empowered to do the thing that they were, their bodies were created to do. And normalizing this process and, you know, taking some of the fear and worry and angst and stress out of it and rather injecting more magic and beauty and splendor into the whole thing. And, and you are such a wonderful walking billboard for all of that um, in this birth world. So I am so happy to know you. Thank you yeah. so much. Me too. Likewise. <laughs> all right, you guys. Thanks for listening. Go spread some light. We'll talk to you next time. Okay, bye. Ugh, isn't Marissa freaking magical? I learned so much from this conversation. I could seriously listen to her all day. If you are in the San Diego area and interested in working with Marissa as a doula for your future pregnancy and birth, you can contact her on Instagram at The Birth Planet. You can also check out the Tourmaline Birthing Center for more holistic education at birthcentersandiego.com or you can just check the show notes as always. Please help us spread this incredible information that every mama out there needs to hear by sending this episode to a personal friend or sharing on your social media. That is how we exponentially evolve our world, by sharing the education and work of wonderful humans like Marissa. Thanks for spending time with us today. Cheers, boo.